Hello, this is Victoria with Hope Service Dogs, and in this episode of Service Dog Success, we are going to discuss the three D's of dog training, and those are distance, distraction, and duration. These things come up with training at all levels, distance, distraction, duration. They're pretty common. People put them in different orders. Uh, And it depends on what you're working on, what your dog understands for which one you're going to work on at a time. But the idea behind it is you only increase one at a time and the other ones, you make it easier. For example, if we are going to, as we're working with our puppy, we're going to work on sit. In the beginning, what one is going to be increased first is it going to be distance and that could be the distance away from you know you and your dog the duration or the distractions personally we usually do duration first because we don't want sit for example to be pop your back down and pop back up again Right, so we want it to be sit and hold it a little bit until I release you. And for that, we start them in our training aquarium, as we call it, which is the office. It's our usual training room. And the puppies know it, and they're so excited to go there uh, because they know that that means it's super fun time. By increasing our duration first, from sit to pop your butt down and hop back up again to sit until I release you, The dog is understanding what it is that we want them to do. And after duration's doing well, and we're not saying hold it for even a minute, but, you know, a few seconds at a time. And if you need to make it easier, you make it easier. If your dog thinks this is way too easy and you're being ridiculous by asking him to do these baby things, you can make it more difficult. But after duration is either distraction or distance. So whenever you start increasing the next, for example, our sit, uh, the distraction may be that there's a toy there or another dog there or another person in the room or you're distracted doing something else like finding our podcast and listening to more of our podcasts because they're absolutely awesome. Or if you're going to do distance, you're not going to have your dog in a sit and walk across your house. We want to set the dog up for success in every way possible. So the distance might be that you rock your your weight to your, you know, back foot and you come back. And for some dogs that we've trained, that's enough. It might be just you standing, in which case it would be duration, right? And then just rocking that weight front and back. And as that's doing good and the dog understands it, you can increase it and do more. You can shift, you know, take a step and back, like a little shuffle step, right? Shuffle step and back, side to side, front and back, until you can walk around your dog and your dog's staying in position. For some people, they find it easier to do this with a place because as long as your dog stays on that place, that's all you need. You know, you're not making the dog hold a sit position or hold a down position. You're just saying stay on this elevated surface and it's easier for the dogs to stay on that elevated surface because it's elevated. 
and it works up really well whenever you're training. I have found that personally, the distance for me uh, for the stays is the hardest to do. And that is due to my dysautonomia, which if you're, if you didn't know, that's, that's my disability, one of them. Um, that's the main one. And if I'm not feeling good and I am on the ground or whatever, uh, and the dog comes to me, or if I'm just not feeling good, if I'm sitting there or standing there, right. And I have my dog in a sit stay or a down stay or a play stay. And my dog comes to me, I don't mind it at all. You know, I kind of want them to do that. It's called intelligent disobedience. And while I've heard trainers say that only guide dogs are taught intelligent disobedience, um, that's a load of malarkey. It's not just guide dogs who are taught intelligent disobedience. All dogs and all service dogs are taught intelligent disobedience. If, uh, if I'm not feeling good and my dog breaks his stay to come to me uh, as a medical alert, medical response, and to do his job with medical recovery. I, you know, like I expect that. So I'm not going to tell my dog, no, I told you to stay on place. And he's like, but you need me now. And I say, no, but I told you to stay on place. So you ignore me if I'm going to pass out. No, that's silly. That would be so silly. So how do we get around that? How we get around that is I let other people work on stays with the dogs. And I let the owners know that this is something, if, if medical alert response or recovery is something that you need, this may be a little bit harder for your dog to understand and to be able to do. Because he doesn't always alert when I'm not feeling well. The idea is to alert beforehand if you want an alert dog. So how do you know if you're going to be feeling okay in a couple minutes or if you're going to really need him in a couple minutes and he's just ahead of you, if that makes sense to you? So that's where, like I said, it's just it's easier for me to have my other trainers teach and work on the stays because they don't have dysautonomia and they don't have to worry about that. We do prep them for photos by, as we're moving around, increasing our 3Ds of distance, distraction, and duration uh, with sit stays or down stays or play stays. Uh, but we will squat down and pull our phone out like we're going to take a picture of them. Stand back up again. We might turn our back to them. We might pretend that we're looking at something on a bookcase or in a cupboard and make sure that the dog stays there. It's also, as, as your dog's learning and growing, it's a great thing for in the kitchen with you. It's a great thing for at the dining room table or living room couches, if, if that's where you eat. Uh, but again, you want to keep it easy. Coming back to the 3Ds, which is the whole focus. Distance, distraction, duration. Right? In any order, it's, it doesn't matter if I say duration, distraction, distance. You still, they are, those are the three Ds in dog training. When we had our training center in Gainesville, we had stuff up on the walls that we had printed off and that and included the three Ds, distance, distraction, duration, including the different courses and what we taught also. But these are, oh gosh, what's the right word? 
timeless, I guess, when it comes to training. And if you're having a hard time, like I said, with me, with the distance, you know, uh, you need to figure out a way around it. So if you're having a hard time with the duration, because maybe your dog keeps what we call breaking duration and coming to you, what can you do about that? How can we help set your dog up for success? What if instead of expecting your dog to hold the duration for five minutes or two minutes or 20 minutes or, you know, like yesterday we had Albert at the Dr. Phillips Center in Orlando as part of his service dog job and the musical was two and a half hours with the intermission. We saw Beetlejuice. It was amazing. You know, I'm not expecting him to hold a downstay the entire time. At intermission, him and I, you know, went out and he accompanied me to the bathroom. Uh, you know, he can curl this way, he can curl that way and keep himself comfortable. I did need him uh, during it so he was able to work. And he, he popped his head up a couple times to watch and see what all was going on. Uh, the last two songs of the musical, he was ready to go. Now, I hadn't been feeling good the whole evening, but I was not going to miss that musical. So I didn't know if he had to potty, if I had to go, you know, if I was not doing well, which, you know, I knew I wasn't doing well, uh, you know, but exactly what it was, because if I had my way, I would have been home in bed because I wasn't feeling good. So sometimes we just have to assume. And if he would have been younger, you know, Bert's almost two, um, and he's been to the theater so many times with me, that I don't worry that like he has to potty and he's telling me I have to potty for that. You know, there's other signals he would have given me if he would have also had a tummy ache. But getting back to duration, if duration's your issue, duration can start with the duration of one Mississippi or two Mississippi. And it's not that your first one is one Mississippi, your second is two Mississippi, your third is three Mississippi. That's not how you do your repetitions. You set your dog up for success. Is this too easy for your dog? Then you can create, you can increase it by a little bit. If it is too difficult and your dog keeps breaking it, don't get frustrated at your dog. Just make it easy enough to set him up for success or her up for success. With more repetitions and more success and more success and more success, not only is your dog's confidence going to grow, and your confidence going to grow, but your dog will understand what it is that you're doing and that he should be doing. But if it's a constant, you're dumb, stupid, and ugly to the dog, they're not going to understand it. Uh, it's going to be frustrating. You're going to be teaching the opposite of what you want to teach. <clears throat> and we don't want that to happen. So make sure that you take it in little baby steps. Or... One of my favorites is how do you eat an elephant? The answer is one bite at a time. And that's how you train a service dog and any dog also. Is it's just one step at a time. Uh, for example, we were training the puppies today. And they are going on, well, no, four and a half to five months old. Yeah, well, they'll be five months old mid-month. So, yeah, okay, four and a half months old. And... Some of them had gone swimming two days ago, and two of them who had gone swimming out of the three, they were tired. They were done. Totally done. They, they didn't want to do, so what could we do? 
we can get frustrated that they're not following our plan for the day. Well, that would be so silly. Why would we do that? Instead, what can we, we, we know, right? So what can we do with a dog who doesn't want to do things today that we wanted to do? And they didn't want to do oops, retrieve. They didn't want to do sits or downs. They didn't want to do touch. They didn't want to do wobble or clack, clack or target stick too much. They didn't want to do two finger touch too much. You know, we tried some different things. You know what they ended up doing? Two main things. They did some cuddles because cuddles are a part of it. And they did name game, which is name and explain touching of body parts and then potentially objects. So we got to do that. They got to come out. They got to have an easy time of it. And, and just some, you know, like that's their training. Everyone's napping now. Sundays, which is what today is. Sundays are kind of a day of rest around here right now, which is nice. It's, it was very much needed. But we have those distance distraction duration. And as we judge the dog and see, is the dog doing well? Can we up it? Can we increase it? We're not going to increase from two Mississippis to 40 minutes. That's not right. That's not fair. That's not setting your dog up for success. Uh, but we can go from maybe two Mississippis to four Mississippis if the dog's doing super amazing and awesome. Uh, distractions. What distractions? Now, if this is July 2nd, and we know what's happening in two days here in the U.S. is the 4th of July, which is our Independence Day, which is everybody and their brother gets fireworks and shoots them off. I'm floored. I haven't been hearing it, but then again, I was in Orlando last night. So Luke didn't tell me that he heard anything, but he also didn't tell me that he didn't hear anything. So we have fireworks that go off and some dogs don't like fireworks. So if you want to train your dog during that type of a distraction, that might be entirely too much. Uh, this is a good example. Whenever we take the dogs to the mall or to stores, you know, we take the dogs, the puppies, the service pups in training out on their outings. That's a lot of distraction for them. And my goal, whenever we hit up the mall or any store is not to look at everything, see everything, go on a shopping spree, spend the whole day there. My goal at first is to just get the dog comfortable in that chaotic environment. So my focus, if I have one of the puppies, my focus is 100% on my puppy. And it makes it a little harder whenever we're there with a bunch of us and I need to be helping some of the other trainers or some of the other dogs because my focus is on my puppy. If I have Bert, then he can work for me if I need him and I don't have to worry about all my focus being on Bert because he knows what to do for Albert here. But the, the, the distractions, right? So if we said, okay, here we are at the mall, we're going to walk through the whole mall, it's, it's not fair to the dog. If instead we're like, okay, here we are, we're at the mall, we're going to sit outside for a little bit, potty the dogs maybe, sit outside for a little bit, you know, work on a little bit of focus on me. And whenever the dog's focusing well on me, we're going to maybe add in some target stick, two finger touch, oops, retrieve, which is basically play, some name game, some sits and some downs, you know, just kind of see how they do. And as that does well, okay, cool. Now we're going to head inside and do the same thing. And as that's going good, okay, let's add in some heel work, which at this age, they're four months old. It's, it's more just loose leash walking. 
how are they, you know, if we're going to try this, are they cutting in front? Are they looky-looing? Are they pooling? You know, what's going on with the puppies? And if that's going well, well, maybe we can walk a little bit further. Maybe we can go up the escalator or elevator. Elevator's my my choice uh, because I have a wheelchair and they don't use wheelchairs on the escalators usually. So, uh, you know, you add in little bits at a time because it's the appropriate distraction for the dog. And truth to tell, we're going to talk about the first mall outing. It's going to be another podcast. But the distraction of just entering the mall and sitting with the puppies, maybe going to the food court because we're right by the food court, going into the food court and getting... Uh, getting something for lunch and having the pups down, stay at our feet and under and just chill out. That might be a way enough distraction, way enough duration for the outing. Even if it's not duration of how far you are from your dog, duration of the outing. Um, distance doesn't always have to be distance away from you and your dog. It could be distance from the other dogs that are there from the other people, from all the sights and smells and sounds that you see there. You know, so the distance, the distraction, and the duration as concepts aren't just one-dimensional. They're multifaceted, and they can be applied to every outing and every training session that you do with your dog. If you call your dog to come, how far are you? right? How far is your dog from other things, from other distractions, other dogs, people, from the road, from cars, from squirrels? That's going to be distance. That's going to be distraction. Duration. Well, how, how could you duration and come when called? Whenever you call him, does he come to you right away or does he come to you a few feet and then get distracted again? You know, how long did you let your dog go exploring on his own before you called him to come to you? If he comes to you, and this isn't part of it, but what are you going to do with your dog? Are you going to tell him he's a, a bad dog for not coming to you uh, earlier because you, you've been calling him for five minutes now? No, you're, you're not going to do that because then why would he ever come to you at all? So distance, distraction, duration. Write them down. Figure out how your dog's doing and how you can help your dog to improve and do better. And how you yourself can improve and do better through distance and distraction and duration. Again, this is Victoria with Hope Service Dogs. Our website is hopeservicedogs.org. We are on all social medias. Well, not all of them, but the best ones. Facebook, because... Yeah, I'm older. I don't do some of those other things, but it's also not a MySpace, so I'm pretty happy about that. Facebook, Insta, TikTok, YouTube. uh, Those are the main four that we're on. We've got the podcast. We have our online course. Uh, We breed, raise, and train the best service dogs, uh, golden retriever service dogs. They're health tested. They're temperament uh, tested. Uh, They're amazing. And we specialize in dysautonomia and started service dogs. You can check us out, hopeservicedogs.org. And stay tuned next week for our newest podcast. Don't know what it's going to be about yet, but it'll be awesome.